Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. Saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code RTFP. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. 18 plus 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligible restrictions apply. Voidware prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast because I never do that. I give you 30 minutes hardcore football talk every day. We're presented by DraftKings, of course. I'm Ross Tucker. If you didn't know that, wow, great to have you here. Welcome to all the new listeners. You're probably here because it's a Greg Cosell Thursday. He is amazing. 43 years at NFL Films. I was just talking with a coach about him. I'm trying to figure out who it was. I was just on a field before the game talking with a coach about Greg, and they were talking about how much they love him. That just gives you some indication of how great Greg is. It might have been a couple of them, actually. I'm trying to think of some of the coaches I was talking to recently. Joe Lombardi, Matt Nagy. Who could it have been? I don't know. i got to keep thinking. At any rate, we'll get to Greg momentarily. But literally, coaches say stuff to me like, you do that show with Greg Cosell, right? I love that guy. So you're listening to the right show. And... If you spread the word via social media, just quote tweet at Ross Tucker pod. You had a great chance to get retweeted and a great chance to win a little something, something this week. I have so many awesome press passes right now. I can't wait to give one to you. That's actually a cool, unique gift for the holidays. Sponsor confirmations. Awesome sponsors. Tomorrow, Masterworks. If you want to invest in some uh, incredible artwork today, First Leaf. If you like to get some great deals on wine, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL is how you hit the quick thumbs up and then you can reply to any, any single comment or any single video and just say anything. Ross, I want a, a Madden code. Ross, I'm just here for the cameo shout out. Whatever it is, that's fine. It's just engaging. That's what the key is. We love engaging with Greg Cosell every Thursday. It's big show time. The Show. Greg, now I'm mad because I can't remember exactly which coach it was, but I was you on the remember, field. Ross. I got to know that stuff, you know? I, I know, I, I know. I'm trying to, to think who it guys was. If they, you know, follow my work. I think it might have been Matt Nagy, actually, um, who's the quarterback coach now for the, for the Chiefs, Chief. but I'm trying to figure out exactly who it was. Um, I'll think of it. I'm just trying okay. to remember the context. Of the conversation. At any rate, people know who Greg is. He does great work. Executive producer, NFL matchup show. Follow him at Greg Cosell so you do know the work 
that he's uh, that he's putting in, so you can follow all of his content. Greg, I love when we have good Thursday night games. It just excites me. Yeah. Bills Patriots is interesting. It's the best I've seen Mac Jones play in a while on Thanksgiving, and something doesn't seem quite right with the Bills offense to me. Can't put my finger on it. What are you seeing from these two teams? Yeah, I think the Bills' offense has not been quite right, as you say. I think, um, you know, Allen hasn't been quite as sharp over the last four or five weeks. They're trying to develop a run game. Um, You know, Allen made that unbelievable throw, obviously, to set up the winning field goal. I'm not sure people realize how amazing that throw was. Um, And if you talk to quarterbacks, they'll tell you that that was just an absolutely special throw. Um, but overall, I thought he played a little fast in that game. Um, the, the Lions generated some pressure, but I thought Allen was often too quick to break down, and he left some throws on the field. Uh, but he's always capable of that special play. But I don't think their offense has had the same overall consistent feel. I think they're trying to figure out what the balance is between running the ball and, and having Allen be the foundation, which he essentially is. And they've got offensive line issues, Ross. The bottom line is, I think we've become a little enamored with the fact that Allen is so special as a talent that we lose sight of the fact that this team does not have a real good O-line. They don't have a consistent run game, which they're trying to develop. And really, they have one real good receiver and then a bunch of other guys. So, you know, I think the sense is that, oh, this is a super talented offense. It's not a super talented offense, and it's built around Josh Allen being special every single game, and that's hard to play that way. What about on the other side with the New England Patriots? What did you see from Mac Jones and the Patriots last time out? Yeah, now Mac Jones, there's no mystery to Mac Jones. He has to play a certain way to be successful. He has to play with timing and rhythm. He has to get the ball out. He has to throw with precise ball location. That's his game. If he's not doing that, he will not play well because he doesn't have really anything else in his toolbox. Um, He looked far more comfortable versus the Vikings than he did the week prior versus the Jets. He was better protected by his O-line. He had a better feel for the routes versus the coverage. Overall, he was more decisive with the result that his ball placement was more precise. I thought from a coaching standpoint that the Patriots had a tremendous feel for the coverage concepts of the Vikings and that they broke them down with their route concepts extremely well. And that allowed Mac Jones to see it right away and to get rid of the football and make really good throws. It basically started with the Aguilar 34-yard touchdown. That was a beautifully designed route concept versus what they anticipated from the Vikings defense based on film study. So that's interesting because you can tell. I mean, you you can tell. Coaches know when it's like, oh man, they had they had the right call on against Correct. the defense there. They know they know when the other guy kind of got them a little bit. Yeah, and you know, I've seen enough football to know that I you know I know what the defense is. So I look, there's no way to know 100 percent what every single read is. You'd have to be in the meeting room. So I'm not going to sit here and say I know exactly what's going on on every single play, but. I've seen enough football and enough coaching tape over the last 30 years and spoken to enough people to have a sense that, hey, you're running this route concept against this coverage. This is where the ball should go. And I thought they did a really, really good job with that. 
setting up Mac Jones so he could be really decisive. And when you're decisive and confident turning it loose, Ross, you tend to throw with much better ball location. Let's get to a couple of young quarterbacks that I wanted to see what you're thinking about. Kenny Pickett against the Colts. You know, Greg, it wasn't like big numbers that Kenny put up as they take on the Falcons on Sunday, but it kind of looks to me like like Kenny's got it. Like you know, he just I don't know how to describe it. I mean, obviously he's a better runner than I thought, Greg, which is interesting. Um, he's put up more yards running the ball. He's got a good receiver there in Pickens. But it just looks to me like he kind of knows what's going on, if that makes sense. He does. And I would say that when you watch Kenny Pickett, and this is the reason that a lot of coaches and evaluators were a little polarized on him, some saying, you know, he was a late first-round pick, others thinking he was a third- or fourth-round pick, is he's not an unbelievable thrower. You don't watch Kenny Pickett and come away and say, wow, those are big-time throws. But Kenny Pickett knows where to go with the football. And this is not an X and O point, but you kind of said it yourself, and people can see it. The game's not happening too fast for him. You can see that he drops back. He knows where to go. He delivers the football. When he doesn't feel like he has a clear picture, he has very good second reaction mobility, probably better than some thought. So he sees the game well. And I think that that is the reason that he's going to be a good quarterback. Will he be a top five quarterback? I'm not a guy who makes lists, but the point is he can run your offense. He can make throws. He can make second reaction plays. He'll grow as an NFL quarterback and be a very solid player. Speaking of growing as NFL quarterback, I got to tell you, Greg, that was by far the most impressed I've been by Trevor Lawrence. By far, watching him in the fourth quarter, especially against the Ravens. Now, I didn't realize it. I guess he's been good for three or four games in a row now, if you look at the statistics or whatever. (coughs) But just visually watching him, I don't know. I guess it's only a year and a half in. It feels like he's been playing in the NFL forever. It's only a year and a half in. But it just seemed like that's kind of what I was waiting for. Well, we saw some things early in the year, and then he hit a low. And over the last couple of weeks, and particularly in this game, where it was very noticeable against the Ravens, and what you look for with Lawrence is he's a long-legged guy, okay? So he tends to be a little slow with certain certain things just because of his body type. And what stood out immediately with Lawrence was he was far more compact in this game in his drop and his set and his delivery. Everything was quicker. You have to get back in the pocket quickly. You know, too many quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, this was one of the main issues with Zach Wilson, for instance, is their drop is lazy. A lot of college quarterbacks come in the league and because it's all shotgun and it's all quick game where they almost don't even have dropbacks, everything is lazy. So what you notice with Lawrence immediately is how quick he's starting to do everything. That's coaching. And that allows you to then be in the pocket and be more decisive with your reads. And you can turn it loose within the timing and structure of the route concepts. And that really stood out in this game. When I watched the tape after about seven or eight throws, I just said to myself, wow, he is back in the pocket and the ball's coming out. Now, the Ravens helped him because they played almost all zone. This is not your grandfather Ravens defense. They played almost all zone, which is very rare for the Ravens. But the point is, 
is Lawrence being a long-legged guy who could tend to be a little slow on his drop. Everything was quicker and more compact, and that just allowed him to see things more quickly. Let's get Greg to some of these games between teams with winning records. It's an unbelievable week. I forget the stat, but there's like yeah, six good games week. between teams that both have winning records. How about the Jets and the Vikings? I'm guessing I'm not the first person to ask you about Mike White and the Jets this week. And Kirk Cousins played well against the Patriots defense. What are you thinking about Jets Vikings? Well, let's, let's really talk about, I know, you know, Mike White's played one game and he obviously played well. So I, I'm not, I don't want to really start evaluating Mike White. He's played one game. Um, and he, like I said, he played well. Um, let's look at the other side of the ball. Um, You know, one of the things about the Jets all season and, you know, teams change, obviously, when they get into the season and play different opponents. But the Jets, for the most part all season, have played Sauce Gardner at left corner and DJ Reed at right corner. Now, everybody is probably talking this week about, oh, I'm really looking forward to the Sauce Gardner-Jefferson matchup. Just like a few weeks ago, they said, oh, I can't wait for the Gardner-Diggs matchup. And in that game, Gardner lined up over Diggs twice. Because Gardner, up to this point, Ross, has been their left corner. He's not a travel corner, and he's not a matchup corner. So now the question you ask this week is, will he match up to Jefferson, who you could say right now is the best receiver in football? I'm anxious to see that. We don't know the answer to that. Now, the Vikings move Jefferson around a lot. He does not line up in one place. Now, last week, he caught a 37-yard pass against the Patriots in which they bracketed him. They had in-and-out bracket coverage, and he just ran through the bracket. You probably remember the play. Yeah, Um, I thought Garrett had a great call. Garrett called that east-west coverage, but nobody was north. Right, and that's true. But clearly, the point of that coverage was they wanted two players defending Jefferson, but he beat it. So I'm fascinated to see what the Jets do they, they have a very good defense. Will they stay with what they've done all year and have Gardner play left corner and read right corner? Or will they make an adjustment so they can get Gardner matched up on Jefferson more often? It won't be 100% every snap, but but maybe more than, than they've done all year. That is interesting. Yeah, and I didn't realize Sauce had just been primarily left corner. Are you surprised, Greg, that he's already seemingly one of the best in the league? No. I, I loved him coming out. Um, he was my number one corner coming out. Uh, again, Stingley's a big-time talent. And it wasn't as if I had, you know, Gardner as a 10 and Stingley as a 5. But I, I really love Sauce Gardner's game. He was the boundary corner at Cincinnati. He played a ton of press man. Um, he's long. He's athletic. Uh, the only thing that has, I, I don't want to say surprised me, but that he's done exceptionally well, which he did not do a lot of in college, is he's been very good playing off-coverage zone. He has a natural feel for reading routes, playing with his eyes, uh, understanding the gray areas and coverage when you're in zone. I think he's been a really good player. And, and like I said, I, he was my number one corner coming out. Let's get to the Titans and the Eagles. Curious as to what stands out to you in this game. You know, one thing about the Titans, I don't know if you know Mike Vrabel. I've talked to him. I, don't, I wouldn't say I know him, but I've talked to him at the Combine here and there. This is a physical, competitive team. And when they come off a loss, they come back and they play hard-nosed football. Now, this will be a little bit of a heavyweight fight. That's the way the Titans want to play. Um, obviously, the Eagles' offense was outstanding last week. 
it was they it, it looked like a college game. They ran for 349 yards. Um, rarely do you see a team score five offensive touchdowns where the quarterback only throws for about 150 yards. But the Eagles were so dominant running the ball. And, of course, Hurts is a significant part of that because defenses must defend Hurts in the run game. Um, but I'm very anxious to see the Titans run game versus the Eagles run defense. We know what that's going to look like, Ross. The Eagles, when they play against 12 and 13 personnel, two tight ends, three tight ends, and the Eagles will play with 12 personnel. Excuse me, the Titans are a 12 personnel offense and a 13 personnel offense. What do the Eagles do? They play with that five-man base front. That's what they're going to do. So that's where the matchup is. It's the 12 and 13 personnel of the Titans and their run game with Derrick Henry versus the Eagles' five-man base front. That's where this game starts. Yeah. It's interesting because I do think that is what the Eagles do. And I wonder sometimes if it's like, I don't want to say giving it away, but, um, you know, it certainly lets the opponent have a real good feel for what they're going to see. There's Without no question. question. But I mean, I, and then it comes down to this. How do the Titans respond? Do they throw the ball more on first down and try to create some more explosive plays, which they struggle to do offensively? They're not an explosive play passing game, but they need that if they want to get to where they want to go. They can't just live on the run game. They need more from their pass game. And it's somewhat surprising to me that they don't really ask Tannehill to do a lot in the context of their offense. He's a veteran quarterback. You're not trying, you're not playing with a young quarterback that you're trying to hold back. Keep in mind, three years ago, this team averaged over 30 points a game. Now, granted, they had A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, but they're going to need to find explosive plays in their pass game. Greg, what about a matchup of seven-win teams, the Giants and Commanders? Did yeah. Did be saying that? You know, <clears throat> I, 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 I looked this week at Taylor Heineke, and, and, you know, I think we know what Heineke is, but I got to tell you, in some ways he's fun to watch. You know, he's he's obviously not a great player, and there's going to be a couple of throws every game that are head scratchers. But he is willing to turn it loose, which I always think is a positive trait, not a negative trait in a quarterback. In this league, you have to turn it loose and make throws. Um, And he's willing to do that. Now, at times, he turns it loose as if he thinks he's Josh Allen. And there are certain throws you go, man, I'm not sure you want to make that one. But he's an aggressive thrower. Um, McLaurin is a really, really good receiver. Um, now they're the way they're using Curtis Samuel, they're getting him involved in multiple ways, multiple motions, and their run game is starting to take some shape. Um, now it's a team that, whose defense has played exceptionally well in recent re- weeks. Chase Young, I believe, will be back, but their front has played really well. Uh, Jamin Davis, the second-year linebacker from uh, Kentucky, has started to play much better, and he's a stud athlete. So this is a team now that whose defense is playing well. The run game is starting to come around with Brian Robinson, who's a sustaining tight back. And that allows Heineke to kind of play the way they want him to play. So they're, they're to me, they're not a great team by any means, but they're kind of an intriguing team to watch. And they've won, what, six out of seven, something along those lines? What about Miami and San Francisco? Oh. There's two really juicy matchups. I yeah. know. I can just picture you salivating over Miami, San yeah. Francisco. Yeah, you know, I've really done a deep dive into Miami's offense because I think it is such a beautiful mix of coach and, and, and quarterback because Tua is a very rhythmic player. He's got – we talked about Trevor Lawrence being quicker. 
Tua has exceptionally quick feet on his drop and set in the pocket. His delivery is compact. Those traits make him a perfect fit in the Mike McDaniel offense with its focus on the quick rhythm passing game of multiple concepts, conventional play action, RPOs, shotgun play action. Everything is quick rhythm. And you know what? With all the motion, and even when there's no motion, you can't press these receivers because you're just scared of getting beat. So there's no disruption of routes on the outside, Ross. So everything can happen quick. And that is to his game. And he is playing at a really high level. When you watch this team, man, everything is quick. The ball gets out. The receivers get it with run after catch. Um, the splits help them. They do a lot of reduced splits. It's tougher to press versus reduced splits. Corners tend to play with more width and depth. It's just a, a dynamic offense to watch. Chiefs, Bengals, Greg? Oof. I'm not sure if people realize how much the Chiefs have evolved over the last month, Ross, into playing with two and three tight ends. Two weeks ago against the Chargers, almost 50% of their snaps had multiple tight ends. This past week against the Rams, over 50% of their snaps had multiple tight ends. But the issue for defenses is, is this. Both Kelsey and Fortson, who was a wide receiver in college, are basically wide receiver type players. So how do you match up when they line up in 12 or 13 personnel? Do you stay with your base defense? In which case you kind of give away how you have to play. You're going to play zone because you can't match. Or do you start going with nickel, dime? Because as I said, ultimately Kelsey and Fortson are really kind of wide receivers. And then you've got other issues that are presented because the Chiefs run game has been a little more meaningful the volume has increased a bit with the run game you need to check him out on social media he's at greg cosell i can't believe how many notes i have we're not going to cut this many social media clips we'll figure it out but i've got like 10 here i'll pick out the best four or five and we'll put them at ross tucker pod twitter and instagram as well as on the youtube page youtube.com slash ross tucker nfl Greg, fantastic work as always. Thank you so much. You got to find out who that coach is, Ross. I'm waiting for you now. I'll text you. I'll text you when I think about it. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. You know, I think I just thought of who it is. Brian Schottenheimer. It was Brian Schottenheimer before the Cowboys-Giants game. I'm going to text Greg. I just thought of it. Um, Greg is like a fine wine. You know what else is like a fine wine? Fine wines with First Leaf. You rate each wine you receive with a simple thumbs up or thumbs down. It's that easy. Then their experts will send you personalized selections with new and exciting bottles in every box. First Leaf can recommend recommend wines you'll love with 96% accuracy. It's actually fun. You try the wine, thumbs up, thumbs down. Then they'll start to send you ones that they know you'll like based on your thumbs up and thumbs down. They know your palate. Sign up today. And you'll get your first six bottles for $39.95. What an awesome holiday gift. What an awesome thing to have for December. Plus free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash Tucker. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash Tucker to get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com. Slash Tucker. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. 
It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Tux takes. All right, Ross. Start with the NFL flexing the Dolphins Chargers to Sunday Night Football Week 14. Well, that's an awesome matchup because there's been so much conversation about Tua Tungo-Vailoa and Justin Herbert. That'll be an amazing game. Second time the Chargers already are getting flexed into Sunday night football. But the real story to me is that they're, they flex the Chiefs out, which tells you just how bad the Broncos have been, just how bad Russell Wilson has been, which is brutal for the NFL that he has been that bad, they've been that bad. I will say it's really nice they can flex. Really nice. You know, I didn't love it when they flex out of Bengals Steelers because that made my life a heck of a lot more hectic to get to out to L.A. than, as you guys know, I missed my flight. And it was a disaster. But it's nice for everybody else to make sure they got good games. And I think next year they can flex Monday night games, which is wild. Tux takes. Defensive tackle Jordan Davis is designated for return and practices for the Eagles. Well, I don't know if he'll play against the Titans, but that would be significant because the Titans are going to run the ball. He's very good against the run. And now when they get him back, the Eagles will go from having a deficit at defensive tackle to a nasty, nasty five-man rotation. Actually, one, two, three, four, six-man rotation. Tux takes. Bears signed quarterback Tim Boyle off the Lions practice squad. Well, that just tells me that they're still worried about Fields and Simeon, who are both banged up. It's funny to snag somebody off a division rival like that. And it is interesting that out of all the quarterbacks the Bears could have gotten, they wanted Boyle off the Lions practice squad. You know, I'd love to look at who else is on practice squads out there, but that is, that's intriguing to me that that's who the Bears wanted. Tux takes. Former teammates Patrick Peterson and Kyler Murray go at each other publicly. So Patrick Peterson said on his podcast that all Kyler Murray cares about is himself. All Kyler Murray cares about is Kyler Murray, which is pretty harsh criticism of a quarterback leader. Um, Can't say that's the first time I've heard that, but still pretty harsh criticism, especially from a former teammate. Kyler Murray said, first of all, it's not true. Secondly, I thought you were my big bro, my mentor. Like, you can't call me. You can't tell me that. So, not a great look, to be frank, for either guy. Tux takes. Finally, Ross, we got a game tonight. It's a good one. Patriots hosting the Bills. Who do you like and why? Kind of like the Patriots. Kind of like the Patriots. They're playing at home. You heard what Greg said about the Bills struggles that was kind of harsh I thought of the receivers you know they got one good receiver and the other ones are just guys I think that's probably the biggest difference is after the playoff game against the Chiefs people thought Gabe Davis would be a star doesn't sound like that's what he is the O-line's been a little banged up not playing great and the defense has been okay but now you got Mac Jones coming off he's playing pretty well I'm gonna go with the Patriots in a in a close game here I think it's like 24-23, New England, maybe 23-20. And I guess, Jack, you might even be ready for this on a Thursday, but you can let the doggies out. Ross's Underdog of the Week. Who let the 
You can also make sure to have a nice, crisp, cold Labatt Blue light in your hand while you're watching that game tonight. Should be awesome. Two teams close to Canada. There's no better way to watch Patriots Bills than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt Blue light in your hand. Stock up. Be the MVP of your tailgate. Share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Jack, we do have time to get to one email quick. Let's. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Do it. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to Ask Ross. Email address is ross at rostucker.com. I love your emails. I think it's great content. We only got to one yesterday. I thought we'd get to more. So let's get to one quick here, Jack. All right. This one is from Tom Ledman. He said, Ross, after I sent the Raycon order confirmation, I thought of a question I'd like to ask. Shoulder pads are much smaller now than they were years ago. Is that because materials have improved significantly and they can provide equal protection of smaller pads? Or is it part of an effort to improve players' speed with less bulk? Both. Both. They realized that the bigger shoulder pads didn't really provide more protection. It was kind of like for looks, like so that you looked bigger, like us in high school football back in the 90s, right? But it wasn't actually providing more protection. And they do have better materials for the pads, but they realize they don't, they don't need to be that big. They just need to have a pad that protects the area. Plus, players don't want to have as much material, whether it's padding or jersey or whatever, surface area, for their opponent to grab. Good question, Tom. And it's all of those things. Shoutouts. Backofficescheduler.com. Vision Comics with an X. Evergreen Economics. Go-Bangles.com. SteakhouseSports.com. HumanHeadNYC.com. Sportaculture. Pizza Boy Brewing. And please, it's December 1st, please get somebody in your life a story from MyFrontPageStory.com. I promise you, they will love seeing their framed front page newspaper story at MyFrontPageStory.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.